welcome to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. Together, we will be bringing you a weekly whiskey podcast where we'll be discovering drams, exploring distilleries, talking to industry experts and sharing other whiskey adventures. Not only will we be sticking our noses into our drams, but also into all things new and current in the whiskey universe, with a leading commentary, of course. You're listening to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. In today's episode, we will be talking about Vikings and Highland Park Distillery. Jen, you have some Viking heritage as well, if I remember correctly. Correctly. <laughs> yes, I'm one of those people that has a tiny percentage <laughs> that I am clinging on to. According to Ancestry DNA, I'm 3% Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> but that's more than me, and I'm from Finland. You think I would have some? I'm none. Yeah, so apparently I'm Irish, Scottish, and Norwegian. So basically, I will never tan ever, and I have to fake it. <laughs> Ah, brilliant. So, also, we will be sampling a few new whiskies later on this episode. But first, shall we just stick our noses into the latest whiskey news? Stick your nose in it. So, I saw this headline. In the future, edible QR codes could reveal fake whiskey. Sounds really crazy. Sounds futuristic and weird. Definitely. Anti-counterfeit tags with QR codes are being trialed as a new kind of security measure to help reveal if the whiskey you are buying is actually fake. And research, uh, researchers apply alcohol to silk proteins to make them more durable. And because they tolerate alcohol, the, the shape of the tag can be maintained for a long time. And these tags have a code that consumers can activate with a smartphone to confirm authenticity of a product. That's that's, crazy. I know. My mind is like, yeah. The code is on the fluorescent silk tag and it is similar to a barcode or a QR code. And it is not visible to the naked eye. The tags are also edible and do not affect the taste of the whiskey, causing no issues if swallowed by consumers. So it's actually in the liquid. Yeah, they put it inside the bottle. Holy bejesus, and then I can't, it, I can't it, get my head around that. Basically, it's some sort of almost silky, jelly-like thing, I think. They put inside the bottle, maybe it sticks to the bottom or the side or something, but we can't really see it. Do we see it? I don't know. And then... When it comes to contact with whiskey, it will analyze the whiskey, but then it's also talking to your smartphone. Like, what? And what if we swallow it? Does it keep talking to your smartphone? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Then you can see what you've been drinking and stuff. I'm all oh for progress, God. but this is freaking me right out. My little brain just can't cope with this much information. <laughs> Whiskey Sisters, tunes in the microphone. Highland Park Distillery is like a small village. It's quite an experience, actually. Um, Have you ever been there, by the way? Oh, no, I would love to go, actually. I would really love to go to Orkney and Shetland, but haven't been to either yet. Well, Highland Park is really quite amazing, quite an experience. And they proudly state their whiskey is crafted by modern-day Viking souls. It is said that one in three islanders bear Viking DNA. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're an islander, kind of. (laughs) 
Well, they did get about those Vikings, didn't they? They kind of roamed far and wide, spreading yeah. the DNA. It's clear that many Orcadians are strongly connected to this Viking heritage, and including actually when I went to Highland Park, our tour guide was very Nordic. Like he he was he was feeling much more Nordic and kind of Viking like than he was Scottish. Yeah. Um, he had this big long beard that he had braided like a street viking and he had all sorts of bracelets and things going on it's really cool cool i quite like that look i think it's quite nice yeah highland park distillery has been in legitimate operation since 1798 and has always remained in the original spot where magnus unsen a direct descendant of the vikings ran his illicit distilling production the distillery is built on a hill overlooking kirkwall in an area called high park hence its name high enough hopefully to see the taxman's arrival unsen do you think i'm saying that correctly by the way inca yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I should just say it with confidence with yeah. that. Yeah, that could be my ancestor after all. <laughs> was famous for hiding his illicit whiskey in his church, which is sneaky. Apparently on one occasion when the local excise men went to his church looking for illicit whiskey, he had the casks moved to a room in his home, putting a coffin lid over the barrels and draping a white sheet over the lid. He proceeded to hold a funeral service. <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> Got to be innovative in those times. There was a lot <laughs> yeah. of shenanigans going on, wasn't there? Well, apparently when the excise men, having found nothing in the church, arrived at his house, one of the mourners explained that the victim in the coffin had died from the bad smallpox. So the taxman couldn't leave quickly enough and Unsen's whiskey stash was saved. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Proper effort. Do you know, people went to such lengths, rightly so, but it's all—it's just it's amazing to imagine what went on, isn't it? I know. I really like all these stories. <laughs> the Orkney-based operation is Scotland's northernmost distillery and lies almost in the Arctic Circle. To put that in perspective, the distillery is closer to Oslo than it is to London. Wow. Which also explains the 600-year Viking history, obviously. But the, there is actually a new distillery in Shetlands, uh, Shetland Islands, but I believe that their whiskey is still being made on the mainland. So for now, Highland Park can still keep the title as Scotland's northernmost distillery. And the unique weather conditions contribute to the distinctive flavour of their whiskies. And even though the weather can be brutal at times, the island has a climate that lacks extreme temperatures. So from two degrees celsius in winter to 16 in summer allowing an even paced whiskey maturation that's cool i would have imagined it would have got colder there 16 in the summer is not too, too warm though <laughs> for sure for sure the orkney islands themselves have a long and colorful history the orkneys consist of 70 islands of which 20 are inhabited mainland the largest island at 202 square miles houses about 75 percent of the island's 21,000 inhabitants and the islands are primarily made up of ancient old red sandstone and assemblage of sedimentary rocks found widely across the north of Atlantic of largely Devonian age. These islands have been inhabited for about 8,500 years by various Mesolithic, oh, get your tongue round that Jen, <laughs> and Neolithic tribes followed by the Picts. Have you heard of the Picts Inca? 
No, no. So it was, well, I, I'm no historian, but they were like a kind of tribe of people who were notorious for kind of having like body pain, almost like tattooed and being like really striking looking slightly terrifying warriors and I think it might have been them that had all the body pain on their naked bodies oh <laughs> feel free for any listeners that if I'm talking rubbish to <laughs> to let us know but that's my understanding oh. of the pics the island contain the remains of the Neolithic village of Scarabri, Europe's best preserved Neolithic settlement and the oldest standing buildings in the United Kingdom how crazy is that so they date back to 3100 BC, predating both Stonehenge and Egyptian pyramids. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> During its Norse period, especially from the 9th through to the 12th centuries, the islands were a base for Viking raids throughout the British Isles and Ireland. So the group of islands was invaded and annexed by Norsemen from Norway in 1875 and remained part of Norway until 1472. The Scottish Parliament seized the islands when Denmark defaulted on its promised dowry after Margaret of Denmark married James III. Technically, the islands have spent more time under Norwegian and Danish rule, 597 years, than they have spent under Scottish rule. See if I, if I think back to a news bulletin a few years ago, I'm sure there were lots of people that wanted to go back to kind of um, Norwegian Danish rule rather than be part of Scotland. Actually, there's been quite a few uh, during all the Brexit stuff and, you know, not being part of the EU, there's been a lot of articles in Finland how they want Scotland to join the Nordics. Because oh. there's so much history and it's, you know, things are very similar, people are similar, the, you know, weather is similar. Um, Absolutely. If you compare Scotland to Norway, they've got similar resources. Yeah. Five million people, same in Finland, you know. Yeah. Whiskey sisters! Island Park Distillery has a special way of creating a range of whiskies that are instantly recognizable as Highland Park. So there are, you could say that there are five key elements that make the whiskies unique. So the first one would be floor malting. So there aren't many distilleries left who still run their malt by hand, although even at Highland Park they do still have like a small machine that moves across the room turning the mold but they still need to do some of the parts or some of the work uh, by hand you know like when we were talking about the monkey shoulder yeah gosh <laughs> so kind of that that stuff yeah and the mold is turned every eight hours seven days a week to maintain airflow and allow the right amount of moisture which is five percent to absorb the aromatic smoke and the smoke is also known as reek, reek for those who like geeky stuff. Yeah. And the second element is peat. So the peat is just from seven miles from the distillery. That's so cool that the peat is from so, you know, such a close proximity. That's amazing. Due to the merciless winds and hard, there's hardly any trees on the island. Mm. So the peat is woodless. Instead of being like woody one, it's dense and heathery, which then creates sweeter and more floral aroma. And the peat core dates back over 4,000 years. Wow. Amazing. And the peat is cut in April and left to dry naturally during the summer. And then it's burnt in the over 100-year-old kilns where it will infuse the barley. It makes so much sense, Inca, doesn't it? That just, you know, it's so easy. We've thought about peat before in an episode but just how different peated whiskies can be depending on where that peat sourced from and everything it just makes so much sense yeah yeah I feel like 
even just after that episode that we did recently, things make more sense as well. Yeah. Even, even for me, even if I'm a peat freak. <laughs> yeah. I just drink it without thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so the third element is sherry casks. Almost 90% of Highland Park whiskey is aged in sherry. And they buy both European and Spanish oak, and they then cut it into barrel staves. These are then sent to the sherry region in Spain, where they are made into casks filled with Oloroso sherry and left to mature for two years or so. And after that, the casks are emptied and sent back to Orkney for Highland Park whiskey production. So I thought that was quite interesting that how yeah. they, like they don't buy them ready, they make them themselves and then send them back. Yeah. No, that is, that is, that is excellent. And then the fourth one is cool maturation. So... Obviously, Kirkwall has oceanic climate, uh, which influences the temperature. Like I mentioned earlier, it's only from 2 to uh, 16. Mm -hmm. So they have cooler weather in the summer. So the winters are more damp and chilly and windy. But because of the Gulf Stream, the temperatures are quite mild. So it helps with the whiskey. And finally, the fifth would be cask harmonization for each batch. (laughs) Yeah, but this is pretty interesting, actually. For each batch of Highland Park, the master distiller carefully combines up to 150 casks. No way, that's a huge amount, isn't it? That is major. Surely they don't do it too often. (laughs) It sounds like a lot of work. It does. Like, how can you keep it consistent if you mix 150 casks? (laughs) So anyway, um, the new and the final batch is then left to rest for at least a month before being bottled. This resting period is important to allow enough time for the flavors from each cask to combine and blend into well-rounded whiskey and complex whiskey and so on. Nice. And Highland Park's range is pretty big isn't it they have special editions just you know every every two minutes collaborations coming regularly I've got to say I've found it pretty impossible to keep up with all their releases yeah and they do lots of country specific as well I saw a while ago on Instagram one of the Finnish whiskey Instagrammers posted one of Highland Parks and the name was Finnish I was like what's going on here but it was just special for the market so they do lots of unique stuff yeah which is fun but it's Kind of, it's a lot. If you were a collector, you'd be so busy. Mm. You'd be robbing the the bank to keep up with all the releases. 10-year-old Viking scars. So the 10-year-old is not widely available in the UK um, and mainly online as the 12-year-old seems to be the go-to in the UK anyway. So I've come across it more in other European countries. Same here in Italy as well. Yeah. Its style is typical of Highland Park whiskies, yet in a softer, milder way. And a really good entry-level whisky. If you're interested in peated expressions, I would say it's really gently peated. Yeah, it's not in your face. Not at all. You get coastal notes with heather honey, followed by a subtle citrus, crisp apple and vanilla. Mm-mm-mm. 12-year-old Viking Honor. There has been some discussion on whether the 12-year-old has changed in flavour over the years. The most common thought being the lack of sherry influence or the richness of the cask, you know, that richness that it will often bring to the spirit. Yeah, the one that I tried, although being a while ago, wasn't that rich actually and it was more crispier, like a grassy. You could still find the sherry influence but yeah, I would say that it wasn't. Obviously, I don't. I haven't been able to compare previous ones, but I can see why some people would maybe be a little bit disappointed because it's not so str- like strong on the sherry. 
Yeah, no, I would agree. I don't think um, I don't find it heavy on the sherry notes at all. I think you know aroma wise, the kind of you know cinnamon, maybe kind of subtle orange, maybe more kind of lemon and vanilla, but not kind mm-hmm. of heavy, not not heavily sherry influence. Maybe a wee, mm-hmm. little bit peppery actually on the finish. Yeah, I have to say, I wasn't. It's not my favorite. Is it not? No, I used to drink it quite a lot, but. I, I'd maybe need to go back to it again now to have a clearer sense of how I like it because since I used to drink it quite regularly, I've tried so many different whiskies <laughs> now. So it'd be interesting to to see if my thoughts on it have changed. Yeah, that's a good idea. When I was visiting the distillery, we tried quite a few whiskies mm-hmm. and obviously the 10-year-old, the 12. We also tried the 18-year-old Viking Pride. Um, which is actually quite lighter than you would expect. Mm-hmm. And it's juicy and dry at the same time. Uh, winter spices, it's a cinnamon allspice with some toffee. And like with the other ones, there's a touch of heather, honey, and a little bit of marzipan. And I definitely prefer the 18-year-old. Yeah. More expensive taste. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, talking about expensive. So I tried the 25-year-old. Mm-hmm which is really, really nice. It's rich, sweet, nutty toffee flavor, combination of like dark chocolate, sticky toffee, dried fruits. It's oh, just super yummy. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's very smooth, kind of silky mouth filter mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I really wanted to get a bottle and they would have given me a t- discount as well, but it wasn't enough because it was already like costing four hundred pounds. Oh, yeah! And another one we tried as well was thirty-year-old, which for me it was very similar to the twenty-five-year-old. Okay, but, the, but actually the price tag was double. It was eight hundred pounds. <laughs> like they're what? they're not shy of raking in the dollars, eh? No, but I just don't think, like, why would you pay 800 for the 30-year-old when it's so similar to a 25-year-old and you can yeah. get it half price? Like, it was, you know, I had a kind of floral smokiness and those winter spices and the similar, like, sticky stuffy, but it was maybe a little bit saltier. And it was really, really good, but, you know... Sorry, I, should, I just can't afford it. <laughs> I should hope so at that price. <laughs> um, and then we, yeah, honestly, we had so many whiskies with the, the Viking guy. It was quite fun. We tried the light and dark expressions. Have you seen those? Have you heard of these? I've seen them, but I've not tried them. Oh, if you get a chance to try them, do try them. But again, mm-hmm. like they're quite expensive. Um, the light, I don't even know. If, I think they still do them. I've seen them in some bars at least. But anyway, so the light is for like spring, for the spring and summer, while the dark is designed with the Orkney autumn and winter in mind. And they're both bottled at 52.9% and they are 17 years old. The light was aged in bourbon barrels and dark in sherry for deeper appearance and fuller flavor. The tropical notes of the light work really well with the smokiness. Mm -hmm. And there's like notes of roasted pineapple, caramelized pear together with some oak and nutmeg. And a little bit of spiciness to it. It was really, really nice. Oh, that does sound good. But then I couldn't decide which one I preferred more because the dark was kind of had a spicy tingle and gentle peat, Christmas spices, ginger biscuits. So, yeah, I don't know. I wish I could try them again. <laughs> yeah, need to go back for more. A retaste. <laughs> Even just talking about it now, I'm like, mm. yeah, the jury's out. Must go back for more. 
The distinctive core range packaging is inspired by the period from around 800 AD when Orkney was ruled over by the Viking kingdoms of Denmark and Norway. And the inspiration from the design came from the ancient Skavkere. I don't, that's not how you say it. Stavkirke. Stavkirke, thank you. Wooden church, that means in Norwegian. A World Heritage Site in the tiny Norwegian village of Orns. The wooden church is heavily decorated with extensive and ornate wooden carvings, which the Highland Park team thought would look amazing on a glass bottle. And the result being a heavily embossed, slightly wider bottle depicting a Viking legend of a lion fighting the forces of evil in the form of serpent-like dragons. So it's full of drama. I love the bottles. They're really cool. Yeah, I think so. I think they're good. And talking of Norse mythology, have you ever heard me say, oh, Jesus, Odin and Thor? Yes, I have. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you shouldn't maybe talk religion on your podcast, right? But I just think, you know, back in the day, the... Uh, the Vikings sort of like infiltrated the different areas and like there was the North mythology kind of blended with Christianity. So I just think cover all your bases. If the <laughs> gates of heaven are open, that'd be pretty cool. But I just think Valhalla sounds rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a Valhalla drink from Finland, which I need to bring you when I oh. go next time. It's in this like black matte bottle and... <laughs> Like, is it like a, is it a spirit? It's more like a herbal. It's almost like fancy Jägermeister. Oh, cool! <laughs> but it just looks cool. Valhalla. Bring me some Valhalla next time you go. Dram on fire. Back in the day, a lot of whiskey was being blended in Perth. Unfortunately, over time, Perth has become a forgotten whiskey city. Old Perth brings together the finest of sherry matured malt whiskies from selected Speyside distilleries and expertly blends them in the city of Perth in Scotland. And we were kindly gifted samples of the Old Perth original, cask strength and the 12-year-old. So, Inka, let's start with the original. Any thoughts? Okay, so this one, 46% ABV. Colour is quite dark amber, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Uh, on the nose, it was quite funny. I found it very warming and almost kind of, you know, that kind of alcohol fumes, warming alcohol fumes. Okay. It felt quite strong. Um, I was getting also notes of dried fruit and coffee beans. But I have to say, just because it's really hot here, so my whiskey felt very warm. So I don't know if the fumes were just because it's, you know, when it gets, whiskey gets warm, it can get a little bit warmy. Yeah, uh-huh. And so, how the environment can change it. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't too keen on the nose. I agree in the amber colour. On the nose, for me, I kind of got a, a green apple aroma and I've jotted down, you know, the drink Bailey's Irish Cream, that kind of coffee-ish ah, liqueur. Yeah. 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 Because I've got coffee beans. I can kind of, yeah. Yeah. Kind of get that. Mm-hmm. And the palette? I found it a wee bit confusing on the palette. I almost got like kind of floral notes and I've jotted down rose water. And instead of the kind of more crisp green apple I got on the nose, it was more kind of baked apples I I got on the palette. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I I had brown sugar, Mm -hmm. which I can imagine with the baked apples. The texture was slightly creamy as well. Like it was Mm -hmm. quite nice. Also, I got a little bit of chocolate, summer fruits and 
plum skin. Oh, <laughs> nice. you know what I mean? That kind of. But like plum skin, that makes me think of like, you know, like grape skin or grape seed, you know, like the kind of almost tanniness. Yeah, but then it's a little bit more richer maybe with the plum. Yeah. Cool. On the finish, I thought the mouthfeel dries a little bit. And I was still getting summer berries. Like I was thinking blackberries, mm -hmm. cherry, mm -hmm. even strawberry um, with some winter spices, cinnamon and cloves. Oh, well, that's much more poetic and detailed notes than me. <laughs> I've got floral and fruity <laughs> on the finish. <laughs> well, it was definitely fruity, summer fruity. I don't know. It wasn't my favorite i found it pleasant enough but um it didn't there was no uh, there was no fireworks going off so how about the cask strength then which was 58.6 percent abv yeah i got kind of aroma on this one you know much more kind of rich and depth to the aroma but very strong scent of like a toffee but like a toffee sauce yeah, yeah. I, I I got soft toffee, soft toffee, cinnamon and warming orange. I found the aroma much nicer. Again, like obviously it's hot, but it was completely like it was much more pleasant on the nose than the previous one. Color, I was thinking like dark honey. Ah, maybe. okay. I'd kind of jotted down an amber, but it definitely yeah. is a bit darker than, than the, the first one for sure. Palette? Palette for me, I got it was quite warming. Maybe not a strong chilli spice, but a definite spice initially. wasn't too long lasting. And then I got a kind of oaty, biscuity scent hmm. on the palette. Yeah, like a malty or barley or something. Yeah. Again, I, I thought the texture was quite soft, similar to the first one. Mm-hmm. And the spiciness that you were saying, I was thinking, you know, imagine when you're biting on a fresh ginger. Ah, yeah. You know, that kind of... Yeah, no, no that, that's, a, that's a lovely description because it wasn't quite a, like an intense chilli spice. So that's that's a lovely one. Yeah, and chocolate. So a little bit similar to the previous one, mm -hmm. but more pleasant. On the finish, I got some raisins. And again, it was dry, but kind of mouth coating in the way at the same mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. and warming and wintry I find both of these drums quite warming and wintry like for the summer heat I don't know if it was perfect for this weather but also the finish I wrote woody or like this <laughs> you know like sometimes when you're walking somewhere it's really windy and you get mouthful of sand or dust or something oh. <laughs> Dust you know or I mean? mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, when there's like that kind of sand yeah. in the air and it goes into your mouth and it kind of dries your mouth in a way. So yeah. that's what I was thinking. Well, I've got on my finish, I've got honey oaty biscuits. So yeah. maybe a bit more pleasant than a mouthful of dust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that makes sense. And like when you have like digestives or something. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it does that to your mouth. Yeah. Exactly. That's probably better. <laughs> Let's stick with that one. <laughs> so did you prefer that one over the first one or more I the same? I did. I preferred that one over the first one, but you? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't feel so strong. Like it's cask strength, but I didn't think it was that yeah. strong. Okay, and the last one is the 12-year-old bustled at 46% ABV. Yeah, I've written an amber colour again. I've been... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, they're amber. all quite similar tones, aren't they? Yeah, I guess because they've all been the sherry casks and stuff. Yeah. For, on the nose for me for this one, oh, it was making me think of um, my gran was a lovely baker and she would make like rhubarb 
tart rhubarb pies and like mm-hmm. put big white sugar on it and it made me think of like a homemade rhubarb pie you know like how that's sweet but there's a kind of sour tone to rhubarb also it was making yeah. me think of that and yeah just the kind of <clears throat> the white sugar the the sweetness of white sugar I got really strong aroma of salted caramel oh nice like it's really salty and the caramel it was really nice nose actually mm-hmm. with some dried cranberries maybe oh that's nice for me on the palate I don't normally get this on the palate I don't know if I was just feeling a wee bit mm, cocky today but I was noticing I've got orange marmalade and Madeira sponge cake that's what it was making me think of on the palate ah okay um I wrote berry jam so there's definitely that kind of sugary jam yeah. marmalade thing going on, maybe. Honey as well for me, it was quite mellow. Again, similar kind of mouthfeel texture. And the spice reminded me of something like coriander seeds, maybe. Oh, I like that. Uh, and the finish was more like nutmeg, dryness uh, with milk chocolate. That sounds a nice combination uh, that you've got in the finish. For me, I've just got a kind of, I think I just want a slice of like apple pie or rhubarb pie today because <laughs> I've got baked orchard fruits on the finish. <laughs> yeah, the dried fruit and the apple thing, I think kind of works. Nice. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I quite like the 12. What, what about you? Yeah, yeah, I quite like the 12 actually. But I do, I did find all of this quite wintry. Like the flavour profile was quite wintry, nice warming dram when it's cold out. Yes. Yeah, so more of an autumn slash winter dram for you, Inca. Yeah. Do you feel like slowly we're being converted into the blended malts? <sighs> Do you know, side? I think I've got a much more open mind now. I didn't really have anything to base it on other than I think growing up in the 1980s and it was like Bell's whiskey and like White and Mackay whiskey and you, it was just kind of a few blends and maybe you would see kind of grandpas drinking them at the pub. So I think when I came around to whiskey and it was I was really attracted and drawn to all the single malts I maybe had a bit of a stereotyped view of blends that they were like mm-hmm. a bit scabby yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> love it but I I have to agree that's what I was always thinking that yeah, I don't yeah. know why just always thought that they're a bit mm, we need to break you know. down these barriers because we're I'm finding that they're not scabby at all a lot of them are very nice Exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll keep exploring. Definitely. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. So I found two fun facts about Highland Park. In June 2018, the company did its best to turn a New York City train station into the Orkney Islands. No way. Yeah. Landscape designer Lily Kwan and her team installed three large hills meant to evoke the northern Scottish landscape in Grand Central Terminal using over 8,000 square feet of moss and 220 pots of heather to honour the distillery's 220th anniversary. That is bonkers. It's a bit mental. Who has um, that idea and then who like has the money and then who gets all the moss and like... Yeah, what happens to the moss and the heather afterwards? Exactly. All in New York and like, I've never been to New York, but it looks like pretty busy. All those people like <laughs> walking to their offices, getting yeah, their little they... cute hot dogs. And then these big trucks coming in with that. Oh, what a crazy <laughs> world we live in, uh, Inca. I know. The artistic installation represented the summer sol- solstice on Orkney. Oh, that's quite um, cool for summer solstice. I love the yeah, long yeah. bright days. 
And a second thing I found was that Highland Park is the only whiskey to have ever gotten 100 points in the spirits competition with a 25-year-old. Oh, well done. And no wonder, because it's delicious. <laughs> Maybe that's why the price point went up. They're yeah. like, yeah, 100 points. Bring me in the money. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. <laughs> You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. On our next episode, we will be talking about another island whiskey, Bunahaven, and we will have a special guest from the distillery as well as some amazing samples to try. Inca, we're taking it back to where it all began, Buna buddies, when we um, bonded over this amazing whiskey. How exciting is this? Yes, it's the second last episode of season one. <laughs> so yeah, if you have any Buna at home, pour yourself a huge dram and join us next Wednesday. But meanwhile, you can keep up to date on all things Whiskey Sisters on our Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast, Twitter at Whiskey Sisters, and Facebook at Whiskey Sisters Podcast. Gal Anka! Keep this! <laughs>